are like sponges. They are naturally inclined to explore, experiment and learn. You'd have thought that they couldn't wait to get to school every day. But for some, learning stops being something to look forward to. And for some, schools become places to be at best tolerated and sometimes to be feared or resented. So, as a one-time parent, educational psychologist, teacher and researcher, I have been wondering, why on earth do we not have an education system that's more in line with healthy child development. It was this story that really got me going. One Sunday, my friend took six-year-old Freddie to the beach and they had a great day. They built sandcastles, they paddled in pools, they collected shells. And at the end of the day, she said to him, Freddie, we have had such adventures today. When you go to school tomorrow, perhaps you can write about them. Oh no, said Freddie. We only write what the teacher tells us to write. We all know that there are teachers and schools out there doing their level best for children and young people. But this model of education that a child is an empty pot to be filled with facts and figures and then tested on their memory of them has become commonplace. Creativity, critical thinking, empathy, enjoyment and importantly, a positive sense of self aren't easily measured so they don't count in the statistics of how well a school is doing. What we do know is that many of our young people are not doing so well. Mental health concerns, as we know, are in the papers week after week. So what if our schools really were in loco parentis and aligned with the parenting style that research tells us has the best outcomes for kids. The one that combines warmth with acceptance and high expectations, where families build confidence, independence, relationships, resilience and responsibility in safe and supportive environments. What would that look like? Let me take you on an imaginary journey into such a school. From the moment they are born, a child needs to rely on their caregivers to respond to their attempts to engage. To know that you belong and that you matter are powerful ingredients for positive growth. So in my imaginary school, every child would be welcomed not just those who are clever, clean and spoke proper, everyone. I once worked in a primary school where I was told about a child who arrived behaving, as they said, like a wild animal. She came from a family where there was drug and alcohol abuse, neglect, 
violence, you name it. And the head teacher spoke with her staff and together they agreed that between them they'd offer this little one the care and stability she hadn't experienced in her young life. And when I visited the school, she was 11 years old. And although there had been wobbles along the way, she had attained basic skills, formed relationships, and importantly, felt a valued member of the school community. Not an academic star by any means, but not thrown to the walls either. The staff were pleased about what they had achieved and were now a bit worried about what would happen to her when she went up to high school. How do you measure that kind of care and inclusion? Would Ofsted have given them an outstanding rating? This quality of education doesn't seem to count when the only real measure of success is being at the top of a league table. Teachers rescue kids like this all the time, but these days it generally happens under the radar because not only is there not enough time in the crowded school day to care, to form relationships, to be flexible, but these things aren't seen as valid, let alone valuable, in our education system. How, how are our children ever going to learn compassion if they don't experience being cared for? And what does that mean for their future relationships in their own families, in the workplace? In our communities, we can already see a lack of compassion on our streets every day. Another aspect of development is the drive towards independence and self-determination. Watch a young child try to do things for themselves. In fact, try and stop them. The role of a responsive adult is to encourage their efforts and pick them up when they flounder and fail. So in my imaginary school, mistakes would be part of learning. Children will be given choices, encouraged to problem solve and make good decisions, not just for themselves, but for others. Instead of imposing a set of rules, how about giving pupils responsibility for the emotional climate of their class? I've seen this happen and we underestimate what kids can come up with when they're given the chance. Children who are developing as nature intended are curious, have bags of energy and are playful. Can you imagine a school where everyone can't wait to get there every day because learning is active and fun? Negative emotions like anxiety, shut down thinking. Positive emotions open up cognitive pathways. It makes sense in so many ways, including academic engagement and outcomes to ensure that every school is a seriously enjoyable place to be. 
In order to grow well, a child needs to feel safe emotionally, physically, psychologically. Without safety, they can't easily reach out and try new things. So in my imaginary school, no child would feel scared or belittled and no child, no pupil would be negatively labelled. Instead, each would be accepted for who they are and the aim would be for each to become the best that they can be, not an idealised version of the same perfect person. After all, we do not need everybody to be doctors, lawyers and merchant bankers. We need some people to be pleased to be plumbers, happy as hairdressers, great at garbage collecting and most importantly, proud of who they are as well as what they do.